If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Arab Shabbos to all of you, and a very joyous and good Chodesh to all of you as well. Today, of course, is the first day of Rosh Chodesh Adar HaRishon, the first of the two months of Adar. This year is a leap year, and we have two Adars this year, Adar Rishon and Adar Hasheni, and this year we have 60 days of great joy in preparation for, well, all good things that will come. And more than ever, we need that incredible energy and blessing of intense joy that will be given to us in tremendous measure. Of course, Rosh Chodesh Adar, as any Rosh Chodesh, is a very special time. We often talk about it. Rosh Chodesh, the reappearance of the moon, the moon begins to shine again. And this glimmer of light, this new beginning, tells us that even though we might go through a moment or two of darkness, it doesn't last. Not only it doesn't last, but that moment or two of darkness is necessary as well. Because life is such that there is no real constant. Yes, there is the sun that shines constantly, but that's not the way we regulate and judge our lives. Our lives are judged by the moon, the waxing, the waving. It comes, it goes, sometimes it's full, sometimes it's not, because this is the human condition as created by God. A human being does go through various types of experiences and moments. This gives the individual the ability to grow, to develop, to understand. It's the light and the shadows, the light and the darkness, that gives us the ability to recognize what's right, what's wrong. It gives us the ability to enter into all sorts of challenges and grow as a result. We don't live on a flat line. We go up, we go down. And going down, as our sages tell us, is Yeridazu. The descent is for the purpose of aliyah, for an asset. We don't go down just to go down. We go down to go up. As we go down, we recognize that in that momentary descent, we somehow find new and greater strengths within us. And these new and greater strengths lifts us to altogether greater heights that we didn't possess before. And this is the moon. The moon grows, it diminishes. Sometimes it's not there at all. And suddenly it's Rosh Chodesh. The moon reappears. And with it comes tremendous, tremendous joy that the light is there again. We understand, we see. We see that the light will always be there, despite the fact that there might be that moment. And we recognize that within that moment of darkness, not only do we have faith that the light will come back, but we fully understand that within that moment of darkness, there is a hidden light. And that hidden light gives us strength, it gives us ability, it gives us tremendous power. How much more so when it comes to the month of Adar? The month of Adar, 
as our sages tell us, and we've mentioned so many times over the years. When the month of Adar comes along, we add, we intensify, we increase our Simcha. Every month, every time of the year needs Simcha. But when it comes to the month of Adar, Marbin Besimcha, we add, we intensify. And our sages tell us whenever we use the word Marbim, we add, we intensify. It's not only to a certain degree, it's altogether greater. We add to an infinite dimension. Marbim Besimcha, we add and we add and we add. Because Adar contains within it so many elements of miracle, of greatness, of things that happened to our people in the past and things that happen to our people right now. Not only our people generally, but to each and every one of us in our own lives. The month of Adar possesses such tremendous levels of greatness, of miracle, of joy. And this is why as the month appears, so does our ability to rejoice become more intense, we increase. And this year, of course, there are two months of Adar, 60 days of intense joy. And it's interesting because there is a halacha concept of bitl b'shishim, that if there is something which might not be considered 100% kosher, which falls into something which is, well, 100% kosher, and if the kosher is 60 times greater, then drop of non-kosher, it nullifies that which is non-kosher. Not a simple law, but I'm making it as simple as I can. 60 days of joy. If there is a dimension of something in life, personally, generally as a people, that might lead to a degree of despair or sadness or the absence of joy, this year we have the great divine and powerful number of 60, which nullifies anything which is sad, anything which might, God forbid, bring to despair, 60 times greater. We have 60 days of intense and powerful joy. This is without doubt something which is absolutely a divine gift. It's something which is with individual divine providence. That this year, this year when the people have suffered so many difficulties, Hashem gives us the double month of Adar, 60 days to wipe away every dimension of sadness, every dimension of God forbid the lack of goodness, the absence of light. This is the year of 60 days of joy. But it's important to take advantage of it. It's there. It's there for the taking. But we have to open our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our ears to receive it. We can't be insensitive to the fact that it's there for the taking. We can't simply sit back and allow it to coexist. We have to do something. We have to do something to allow it to enter into our lives and make it our own. This is the month that with 
a small degree of effort, we are able to reveal the intense 60 dimensions of joy that exists during the double months of Adar. What do we do? How do we actually open the gate that will allow this enormous flow of joy to enter into our lives? And the answer is simple. The answer is simple. We begin to live our lives as Jews more fully. When we become conscious of the fact that we live our lives as Jews more fully, we automatically receive those blessings. We open up. It comes rushing in with tremendous levels of greatness. And each and every one of us needs this. This is the year of the 60 dimensions of joy. This is the year of the 60 dimensions of blessing. No despair, no sadness. Whatever we see around us, we absolutely disregard because it has no value. It's empty, it's foolish, it's nonsensical. What we have is eternal. What we have is everlasting. What we have is a direct gift from God, a gift of joy, a gift of greatness, a gift of incredible, incredible purpose, the double month of Adar. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. The Parsha this week is Mishpatim. And it begins with the words, Ve'elaha Mishpatim, Asher tasim lifnehem. God says to Moshe, these are the laws, these are the statutes that you shall place before the Jewish people, the Israelites. Last week we read about Revelation at Sinai. Jewish people received the Torah, the incredible moments of God coming down and giving the Torah to the Jewish people, and what an event that was. The world responded, reacted. All of creation, God himself coming down upon the mountain and giving the Torah to the Jewish people. But that's not where it stopped. There was the implementation, 613 commandments, each one a direct commandment from God. Each one is an act that brings about fulfillment. Each one is an act that brings about purpose and creation. Each one, both positive and negative, brings about the ultimate realization of why God created this world. And this week's parsha, interestingly, is one that contains 53 of the 613 commandments. And God says to Moshe, Asher tosim lifnehem, you shall lay them out in preparation for them to understand them fully. You have to make sure that each and every single law is understood by the people so they should know how they must fulfill them. A tremendous task, a tremendous task on the part of Moshe. Moshe received them from God, but then he has to convey them to the people so they can implement them to take the moment of revelation and make sure that it has 
practical implementation. It's not something which remains in their hearts and their minds. It's not something which remains as a great moment, a great spectacle, but it has the practical purpose of becoming the tools of mitzvot, of commandments, how to behave. That's the way the Parsha begins. And what's interesting about this Parsha is not the fact that it contains 53 commandments, but the commandments themselves and the juxtaposition of one commandment and another. And it would seem at first glance it's a hodgepodge, one after the other, uh, a commandment that talks about the laws of damages, a commandment that speaks about faith in God, a commandment that speaks about the relationship of an employer and employee, and then it speaks about a relationship. All sorts of laws that seem to have no connection one with the other. And you begin to wonder, what is it that brings these laws together and why they're given to us in the particular order that they are given to us? Why was it given to us in a way that tells us these laws in the particular way that they are told and one connected to the other? It's going to take too much time to talk about each law, 53 laws. I'm going to choose a few and to talk about what they mean and why they come in close connection to each other, the juxtaposition, and to see how these laws have such a profound effect upon our lives and how these laws can, in fact, as I said earlier on, become the opening, the gateways to bring divine blessing and divine purpose into our lives not only by fulfilling God's commandment and doing that which he wants us to do, but having the incredible benefit of receiving the divine eternal blessing that comes about as a result of doing that which God wants us to do. You know, ever since we were children, our parents, of course, taught us all sorts of ethical and moral values, one of which, don't lie, tell the truth. You have to learn how to tell the truth and not to tell fibs. But if we take a look in the Parsha, which speaks about this, it doesn't say, don't lie. It says, Dvar Sheker Tirchak. Distance yourself from falsehood. It might mean the same thing if you think about it. But as we've said so many times, Torah language is precise. Torah language is exact. When Torah uses a particular type of term, it's because it's telling us something which is very important. Torah doesn't simply say, don't lie. Could have said, don't lie. It says, distance yourself from something which is a falsehood. Mitvar sheker tirchok. Soon thereafter it says, v'shochad lotikach. Don't take any bribery. You know, this speaks to judges, but it has, well, it has a far-reaching application as well. Don't take bribery, because bribery blinds the eyes of wise people, and it brings about confusion. It brings about distortion in the application of objective 
objective words of the righteous. And soon thereafter, a couple of lines later, it says, and don't use the names of false gods. And you wonder, what's this all about? Distance yourself from lies, don't tell any lies. Don't accept bribery and don't use the names of false gods. What relationship is there between these three laws? In our world today, if you stop and think about it for a moment, it's so very difficult not to be in a world that's filled with lies. Social media, you open the radio, you look at television, Almost everything that you hear is a lie. Anybody can post whatever they want. And when you consider what we are bombarded with in the news world, in the opinions that are given by ordinary people, by politicians, by people who want to, well, influence you, Indeed, in fact, the people who uh, make all these podcasts are called influencers. And you stop for a moment and you think to yourself, are these people telling us the truth? Or are these people lying to us? Are these people giving us information that is of benefit to us? Or are these people giving us information that is dangerous and destructive. And I dare say that the vast majority of information that we receive on social media, in the news, in the general media, etc., etc., is far from positive, far from productive. In fact, most of it is downright destructive. And yet, and yet, almost everybody, almost everybody, somehow is subject to receiving it. It's part of life. Everybody has this account or that account. Everybody listens to here, listens to there. Did you hear? Did you see? Etc., etc., etc. Torah doesn't tell us don't tell a lie. That's obvious. Distance yourself from falsehood. Walk away. Stand aside. Don't allow yourself to be influenced by or to become a recipient of information that can corrupt you. Don't allow yourself to become influenced by information that can have a negative effect upon your mind and your heart and your soul. Moreover, your children. Are you aware of the information that is entering into your children's hearts and minds? Most of it, I assure you tragically, is destructive. And it's out there. It's out there in such tremendous volume, distance yourself. Tremendous challenge. Tremendous challenge because it's not only become a way of life, 
Everybody is in it. Everybody has a cell phone. Everybody, well, everybody does it. It's become second nature. It influences our political thinking. It influences our moral thinking. It influences our ethical thinking. And that's the way it is. Terrorists is not don't tell lies. Midvar Shekhe, Shekhe Tirchak. Distance yourself. Do whatever you can. What it means practically is up to you. Not easy, certainly not in today's world. Distance yourself. What comes after that? Bribery. What is bribery? Bribery blinds you the truth. And what's the language of Torah? Bribery blinds the eyes of clever people and distorts the words of the righteous. You can be a clever person, a discerning person. You can be an individual who understands right and wrong. You can be an individual who has the clarity of thought to recognize what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's evil. And to think to yourself, well, I'll know what's good and what's evil. I'll know what's truth and what's a lie. You can even be among the tzaddikim, the righteous. But bribery, bribery will distort your ability of critical analysis. It will distort your ability to act justly and correctly. That's what the line will do. It will take your mind and corrupt it to such a degree because that's what bribery does without even knowing it. Without even knowing it, that's what it does. If you don't distance yourself initially to bribery, the second stage, to lies, to falsehood, second stage is bribery, whether you like it or not. And what bribery does, it distorts you, it blinds you. You no longer are able to use your judgment correctly. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So we're talking about the language of Torah. It doesn't say don't lie. It says distance yourself from falsehood. And then it speaks about bribery. It doesn't only say don't accept bribery because, well, it's just not the right thing to do. Not fair. It says, because it will distort the words of the righteous and it will blind the eyes of the clever. And this is what happens. What happens is when we allow that type of information to flow with such intensity into our lives, sooner than later, we lose the ability to actually understand what's happening. And we begin to think in ways that are not our own. We begin to think in ways that they who present the lies, who present those 
falsehoods want us to think. And that's why a couple of lines later, what does it say? Don't use the names of false gods because that's what happens. We begin to use the names of false gods, values, ideas of false gods. We no longer think the way we should. Our language becomes different. What we say, what we stand for, what we believe in no longer represents who and what we are. Out of 53 mitzvot, I've chosen three. A glimpse into how Torah looks at values in life and how it speaks to us in our own generation. Yes, it speaks to everyone in every generation, but how relevant it is in our own social media, general media, ideas, attitudes. How do they take control of our minds? How do they take control of our thoughts, of our values? It's insidious. The influencers. We have to be careful. And this is what I said earlier on. The double month of Adar. To open the gates of joy. And as I said so many times, the ultimate joy, there's no greater joy than removing doubt. Somehow we have to have the courage of standing up to that flow of falsehood and saying, enough. I'm not going to listen to it anymore. I'm not going to accept it anymore. I need clarity. I need certainty. I need a direction which will lead me to destiny and goals that are my own. I need truth. I need the beauty and joy of Torah. I need the legacy of Torah. I need something that speaks to my soul, to my neshama. I need something that talks to me as a Jew. As a Jew who is the child of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A Jew who is the child of this eternal people, the Jewish people. I'm not going to allow myself to be badgered by the nonsense that people are trying to put into my head. And I'm going to try and tell my children the same thing. Listen to a different sound. Listen to a different voice. Listen to a different message. This is not yours. And it's not only enough to preach. One has to live by example. And one has to teach by example. How we educate them and where we educate them. All these things are so very important. And these are the two months that we can do it with a tremendous sense and blessing of joy. These are the two months that we can do it with a tremendous blessing of greatness. These are the two months that the Jewish people have witnessed and experienced such incredible miracles in their lives, and we can do the same now. This is a time 
This is a time that we need those incredible miracles from Hashem. We need it more than ever. Yes, I'm sure throughout Jewish history people have said the same thing. We need it more than ever. Yes, we need it now more than ever. And each and every one of us can do something about it. Each and every one of us is a full world. Each and every one of us has tremendous power. And we have tremendous strength as well. And we can open up those gates of joy and blessing and bring it into our own lives. Takes a bit of effort. Takes a bit of effort. But then again, the rewards are enormous. The rewards are great. As I said earlier on, I only took three of the 53 commandments contained within the Parsha of Mishpatim. But when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully, listen carefully to the Parsha as it's read. You have a lot of mitzvot that you can choose and listen to. And try to ask yourself, why do these laws come together? It'll be a bit confusing at first. Strange laws coming together. They don't really fit, do they? But use your mind. Try and work it out. You'll come to some pretty good answers if you apply yourself. And tomorrow, of course, we have the extra Torah that's taken out for Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Maftir. Then we read the Rosh Chodesh Haftarah. It's a special Shabbos. Tomorrow we say Halal in Shula as we did today. And a special Musaf as well. It's a very special Shabbos. Come to Shul. Come to Shul and make a difference. Make a difference in your life. Bring those blessings. Bring out that energy. Make a change. Change is enormous and the change is great. And when you hear the Torah being read, Try and listen to that particular part that speaks to you. There's a deep message there. There's a powerful message there. Good Shabbos and Good Chodesh.